Well, the key word for this week has been marquee, marquee signings, of course. That is because a lot of big teams have signed marquee players from abroad to South African football and that is the way in which we set the tone for this show. Hello and welcome to it. My name is Ngurulego Nkewe and this is the Sokala Duma Transfer Wrap. We will be talking about these marquee signings with none, none other than Thomas Konaite who is an African football expert would give us an idea of his impressions about the signings that have been made by big teams in PSL football. We also spoke to Sokala Duma's very own uh, Kurt Bakerfeld. He's a Sokala Duma international journalist. He talks to us about the international signings, marquee names being linked with marquee teams. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm now joined on the line by African football journalist Thomas Konaite, who's also an analyst at Supersport with the show um, Soccer Africa. Um, we thank him very much for joining us. Let's get straight to it. Um, so I'll start with uh, Mamelodi Sundowns. I mean, they've signed Jeremy Brokey. Um, they've signed Siabong uh, Azulu, and they've also signed Serenio from, uh, from, from Uruguay. Um, what have you made uh, at the statement of intent, um, see, seeing that they're also leading the league at the moment? What does it essentially mean? Um, I suppose we always ask ourselves that when Sundowns go out and sign. They signed Vanisa and Lebesa previously, and we thought, you know what? This means that they will take the league easily, and it hasn't been that. What does it mean now in this context that they're leading the league? I think you've got to also add Obring Goma as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and uh, you're quite right. I think this is a statement of intent because, um, I mean, those are marquee signings. I mean, uh, Jeremy Brokey is huge. Uh, he, he, I mean, he's, he's one of the top strikers in the country. And yes, granted, he hasn't been able to find the net in more than 10 matches, but uh, we all know his quality and uh, standard. Um, frontman since Leonardo Castro went to Kaiser Chiefs and uh, they've been uh, using uh, Percy Dau as, um, as a key striker and uh, Percy Dau of course we know uh, his physique of course and um, Marcus is a very skillful player he, his physique of course usually um, is, works to his disadvantage and uh, but having said that I think we know what a deadly player Dau can be he's an exceptionally talented player now Ed, Ed Jeremy Brody Ed Serino, as well as Aubrey Goma into the mix. Then you have probably a new CBD in action. And uh, I, I have a feeling that uh, once these three players can gel and click, the sundowns are going to be very, very difficult and impossible to stop. As you quite rightly said again, that they are still leading um, the standings, but they've gone through a couple of speed humps during the last couple of um, matches, they haven't been as consistent as one would have expected. But I suppose uh, bringing in Jeremy Brocky and Serino as well as Aubrey Goma, I think yeah, Sundowns now have, have uh, I mean, there will be a new, completely different dimension to their attacking. And the mere fact that they've gone for attackers for that matter and proven goal scorers for that matter, I think that in itself is a clear statement that they do not intend to let him go of the Premier League. In fact, they want to wrestle it, wrestle it away from business best. Mm. I think we've resigned ourselves collectively as football people to the idea that uh, perhaps Manchester City is going to win the league in England um, because of the amount of points that they have um, over the number two Manchester United. Um, f- with these signings, 
could we then say, or can I hear it from you, perhaps your perspective that we might as well, or the clubs might as well kiss the PSL title goodbye to, to Mamelodi Sundowns? Not really. I think uh, Sundowns uh, didn't do their cause any good by, um, I mean, they had a couple of matches in, in hand. Uh, if they had won those matches, I would say the other teams may as well just throw in the towel. But Sundowns didn't do their cause any justice by losing losing matches we expected them to, to win. I mean, to follow up on the city. Yes, against Orlando Pirates, you can expect anything because they, the two teams usually play an open attacking game against each other. In fact, people talk about uh, the big derby being Kaiser Chiefs against Orlando Pirates. In my book, the biggest derby is Mamelodi Sundowns against Orlando Pirates. Check every game the two teams play, and it is it is all action. It is it, and Paris took it. You know, Paris took it. They took their chances, and Sundowns teams look. They gave it their best, but on the day, just couldn't convert their chances. And maybe the arrival of Brocky and Ngoma, as well as Torino, might change their con- con- conversion rate somewhat a little bit. I don't know, but I think um, Sundowns cannot rest on their laurels and say, yeah, we are home and dry. I think there is still a lot of work to do and a lot will depend on how quickly the new signings hit the ground running. And another another point that I think Piso will have to juggle very carefully, how do you integrate these players? You've had a group of players that have brought this team to where it is right now. Then suddenly you drop three players or four players for that matter to accommodate new arrivals. It is a bit tricky. So Peter will have to play his cards um, very right to ensure that he brings these players gradually into the, into the starting eleven. Mm. And um, one of the players that belong currently to Mamadou Sundowns and may not belong to them any time between now and the next six months is Kama Piliot. Um, and he's been linked with everyone uh, from Paris to Chiefs to overseas. Um, I want your thoughts on him and also um, when you look at uh, Kaz Chiefs signing uh, Abonjanga, say, signing Castro, um, would you say that this is a shift in, in their mindset in terms of what they want to do going forward? Because we've seen them signing free transfers and they've now buying, they're now buying players. They've been linked with Kama Piliet, like I said, and also Evans Rusike at Marisbeck United. So uh, take me through your thinking when you, when you observe this, when you observe what they've been doing in this current transfer window and what do you think that means for them? I think I think Mamelodi Sundowns will do their challenge the world of good if they they do not use Kama Bilad anymore. I think Kama Bilad's body language is a clear indication that he's no longer interested in playing for Mamelodi Sundowns. I think the last game I saw him play, I mean for me he was just going through the motions. It seems like he's being forced to play. He doesn't want to play for Sundowns anymore. And it's a good thing that they've accepted that Kama doesn't want to play for them anymore. And having said that, I think it will be up to Kaiser Chief or Orlando Pirates for that matter, because he's been linked to both clubs, to go all out and get him. You know, And they can get him now because he's no longer keen on playing for Sundowns. Sundown. As for Kaiser Chief, I think Kaiser Chiefs were under the impression or rather labored under the misconception that they are the biggest team in the country or in the continent and every top player you know wishes to play for them and all that yes now forgetting that in this in this day and age players will be lured by what you offer them 
You know, your status doesn't doesn't count anymore. It is what I will be able to put on the table for my children at the end of the day that counts. And so, while Mamelodi Sundowns and uh, Orlando Pirates, and to some extent, Peter's best as well, as well as Cape Town City, you know, the new kids on the block, have gone out of their way to pay, you know, big dollars to bring quality to their team. Kaiser Chiefs have always relied on players that were on the free transfer or were easily available or they would, you know, wait for a player whose contract is about to run out and then they will sign a pre-contract. But now they realize, if you look, I mean, if you look at Kaiser Chiefs, when was the last time that they've been able to uh, win the league or win a silverware for that matter? And it is not only dry, it has not only been a couple of dry seasons for Kaiser Chiefs, it is, we know Kaiser Chiefs to be a swaggering, flamboyant, dominate kind of team. But not anymore, you know. You, you, it, it, it's quite embarrassing to find Kaiser Chiefs being outplayed by Chipa United, outplayed by Barroca, you know, outplayed by Mamelodi Sundowns. Then you find them just hanging in there against your Maris Berkinet. It, it's uncharacteristic of Kaiser Chiefs. So they had to dig into their pockets and go and buy quality players that defeat their stature as one of the top teams in the country. And I'm quite impressed that they've gone for Leonardo Castro. They've signed Ntangase. That as well is an indication that they cannot labor under the impression anymore that, oh, every top player will come to us because we are the drama boys of South African football. Not anymore. It doesn't work. And I think they've woken up. They are now smelling the coffee and they've gone out and done what is right. Mm. And uh, before I let you go, um, Mr. Gunaita, I want to ask you this. Um, Orlando Paris is 17-year-old Lyle Foster. He has been a uh, hot property because of what he mainly does with the under-20s with Thabo Sinong. Um, and a lot of teams overseas have noticed him and it's now an open secret that uh, Monaco and Lille are fighting over his uh, signature. Uh, so much such that uh, uh, Sokala Duma has reported um, in the latest edition of, uh, of the newspaper that uh, we he will sign for Monaco um, eventually, um, whether now or when he turns 18, he will sign for Monaco. That's one, um, and also another player that has been linked with an outgo as an outgoing transfer for Orlando Pirates has been Abu Bakar Mubara, who's been in excellent form. Um, he's a vice captain and he stands in for Tabo Matlaba when he's not there. Um, he's been linked with Bitvis Verts because Orlando Pirates are seemed to be wanting. Um, Umlambo from Pitvis first, the midfielder. Um, to talk to us, uh, and Helman Kelele has mentioned that he's not really worried actually about Pirates not signing players because um, the players that are there are sufficient. What are your thoughts when you look at Orlando Pirates and their transfer activity at this point so far? I, well, Nani is a very good friend of mine and we can always um, be, um, you know, agree to disagree and in this instance, I disagree with Nani that Orlando parents do not need to sign players. I am of the view that big clubs all over the country will always look out for exceptional players, will always look out for talented players to strengthen their team. You cannot sit and say, I have enough players, I have enough quality. It doesn't work that way anymore. I think parents need to sign a couple of players. Okay, they've got a, a balanced team per se, but if you look at it, they might lose Mobara. They might lose a couple of players. They've already lost the link to a, a French team and all that. And they, they need to go out there and get players. And that is the reason why they are gunning for Kamabiliad, if they can get him. They lost on Brocky. 
You know, they lost to Mamelo the Sundowns and uh, who signed Proki. And now, I think Kamabilad now is the, uh, I suppose, is the only marquee signing that is available for them. And if they are not careful, I believe Cape City as well are on the hunt for top players. And um, yeah, I think I think they need to go out there. They, they I, I think they have been slow out of the blocks in terms of uh, their transfer activity. But a big club like Orlando Paris, I think, I would expect them before the transfer window uh, closes shut at the end of the month. I would expect them to announce a huge, huge signing uh, before then. And yeah, of course, um, Sokaladuma, as usual, will be on the pulse of our readers uh, in terms of who that might be. We know who, might, who that might be, but uh, we cannot divulge it just yet. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Gunaito. We appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure. Right, I'm now joined in the studio by Kurt Bakerfeld, he's a Sokala Duma international journalist. Kurt, thank you very much uh, for joining us on the studio. How's it going? Good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. There's been quite a lot of things happening in English media um, and in English football, rather, and um, obviously a lot of it playing out in the media. Um, and none more than uh, the Alexis Sanchez saga, where he initially was supposed to sign for a certain team, and on the last minute, he look he looks like he's seemingly going to sign for a rival of the team. I'm going to allow you to pave the way for us as to when this started, uh, just briefly, and where we are now. Uh, at which point are we now in this Alexis? Sanchez transfer to Manchester City, Manchester United? Well, of course, um, I'll put it very, very briefly. Alexis Sanchez was expected to sign uh, for Manchester City at the start of the season. Um, that deal fell through as Arsenal couldn't find a replacement in time. So Sanchez stayed. Um, his form did dip compared to last season. He hasn't been at his, at his best. Um, and it now looked again as the January transfer window came. It looked like City were in for him again. Um, but once City found out that they, uh, Sanchez and his agent were entertaining a deal um, for, or offer from Manchester United, um, City were kind of put off by that and said, well, if you're going to entertain that and if you're not going to show 100% commitment to us, um, if you're not going to show that you want to play for Pep Guardiola, you want to win the league, then we don't want you at all. So they withdrew from, uh, they, well, they withdrew their interest. Um, and it does seem imminent that Sanchez will uh, join Manchester United. Yeah, the question for me then would be, uh, at what point did they realise that Manchester was, 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 was United, that is, was uh, interested in the player? What is it that they did wrong? Uh, to Was there an amount maybe that they didn't want to go to? Were Arsenal accepting of the offer for Sanchez, considering that he was in, in his last six months of the contract? What happened with City that made him fall into the arms of Manchester United? Well, the talk, um, I think it was two weeks ago, um, was that City weren't willing to pay more than 25 to, well, 20 to 25 million pounds um, for Sanchez. Um, whereas Manchester United were willing to spend anywhere between 30, 35. Um, so City had given their, their maximum and said, we're not spending more than this. Arsenal came back and, I mean, obviously Arsenal are going to take whoever's spending more. Um, and it also came down to the fact that Manchester United were willing to offer more in wages. City weren't prepared to make him the highest paid player in the team. I think that would be unfair because City have been doing so well without him. Why all of a sudden are you going to bring in somebody who immediately demands to be you know, the best paid player at the club? I think that would upset the team chemistry. Um, yeah, so for now, just look at what we've heard is that United are willing to offer more um, and City wouldn't budge. Uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, former CAF 
Player of the Year in 2016, um, who's been peeped to that now by an incredible Mohamed Salah. He has had this habit of not skipping meetings, uh, skipping pre-match meetings or meals or whatever that is that he's supposed to be following at uh, those procedures that he's supposed to be following at Borussia Dortmund, seemingly agitating for a move. Luis Suarez had a very ingenious way of forcing moves by biting players. This guy skips meetings for a living. Uh, he looks like he's also forcing a move. Uh, tell us about that and his links with Arsenal. Is this a direct replacement for him? Do Arsenal need him after signing Lacazette? Just quickly about that. Well, I think he would be a great signing. And as Wenger said in a press conference, uh, press conference yesterday, he said that he would he would suit uh, Arsenal's style. Um, he has had a few disciplinary issues, but then again, like you mentioned, it could be because he's trying to get out the club. I mean, he's had three disciplinary. Um, he's been disciplined three times this season. Um, he's been left out of matchday squads for whatever reason. Um, he's you know, been out the country uh, like the day before a game and things like that. So, um, yes, he, he might be getting up to um, mischief, but I think he would be a great player in the Premier League. I think he's got the pace for it. He's a, he's a finisher. Um, and I do think that he'll play just wide of Lacazette. Um, but then again, as we've seen, Lacazette doesn't play 90 minutes often, so he might even play up top and Lacazette and him will rotate. Um, but I think... He will be a great, great uh, signing for Arsenal. Yeah, and then Arsene Wenger, actually, he was very open about, uh, in his last press conference, he was very open about everything from uh, uh, the deal on Sanchez. But when this name, this player's name came up, he really was very coy. Um, he really didn't want to jeopardize anything um, with negotiations, with words coming from his mouth um, in that press conference. But we move right along then to a seemingly embarrassing situation at the Stanford Bridge. Uh, embarrassing for me because I'm... Um, admittedly a fan of the club uh well they need someone to back up alvaro morata who hasn't been scoring recently and their search uh, has well ingenuously uh their radar um has somehow pointed them towards andy carroll a tall striker english injury prone newcastle liverpool now at west ham united and also peter crouch the robot dancing guy from England that has scored a lot of goals for Stoke City but he's, he's 36 years old now he's on media he writes uh, he's on radio as well um, I'm sure he'll dance with the stars very soon uh, so yeah I'm, I'm sorry for ranting but the, the, these guys being linked with Chelsea what is happening do they really need to replace uh, there's also Aiden Jekyll as well who I, well my heart melted when I saw that and I was like, oh okay at least there's light at the end of this tunnel so do they need a backup for Morata, considering that they have Michi Patsuai. Um, t tell us about those links. What happened with the other players that I've just mentioned? Well, yes. At first, it was Andy Carroll. We heard about these links uh, two, three weeks ago. Um, that surprised everybody. I don't understand the thinking there. Um, obviously, they're trying to get in somebody to be backup to Morata. Because at the moment, with Michi Patsuai, uh, Morata hasn't really got stiff competition on the bench. So... I think that what, what Conte is trying to do is trying to get somebody who's going to come in and be hungry, um, you know, fresh legs, and Morata will have to pick up his game. It will improve Morata's game, but I just don't think Andy Carroll or Peter Crouch are those, you know, I don't think they are the guys that will do that. Um, I do think that Chelsea need a backup. I think Eden Zeko would be a fantastic backup mm. to Morata. And, and even, probably I mean, not a, even a backup. He, he, he could he would, be a main number <laughs> exactly. nine. Um, but I, I just think Batshuayi has, has shown um, 
just inexperienced. I don't think he's great from the start. He's scored some goals off the bench, um, but he's not exactly a striker you're going to get it to his feet. He's going to hold up the ball. Um, he does like to get on the end of things, and he can finish. Um, he's just his influence on games just hasn't been great since um, since joining Chelsea and I don't think Conte is really happy with him I mean we've seen games where Morata has been injured and he's rather gone with somebody else up front than you know his second striker uh, Batshuayi has been left on the bench so who knows what will happen I just think it's rather comical that uh, Andy Carroll and Crouch are linked with Chelsea um, but we'll see what happens I agree with you uh, lastly before I let you go do you think that obviously Manchester City we you myself and everyone else Thinks that think that we will we'll, we'll win the league. Manchester City will win the league. Do you think that at least on a popularity contest level, if Sanchez signs for Manchester United, that they've somehow won a beauty contest? I think I think so. I think more so for Mourinho than anybody else, really, because I mean, Pep's obviously outshone him this season, and I think uh, Mourinho going for Sanchez was kind of a well, you know what? I'm gonna just try and get one over this guy, even if it means even if it means I'm not winning a league. Um, but like as you just said, City are clear favourites for the league, 12 points clear. Um, so I think Sanchez, signing Sanchez will will irritate Pep. I think Pep wanted him at City. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the whole situation plays out. Alright, that's Kurt Buckerfield. He's a Soka Laduma journalist. He's also on Twitter as Kurt Laduma. Thank you very much for your time, sir. Thank you for having me. Soka Laduma Radio. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, you can always get this information on the Sokola Duma website, Sokola Duma newspaper, the website www.sokoladuma.co.za and the newspaper that is in circulation once every week on Wednesdays. We thank you very much for lending your ear and we hope you enjoyed the show. Sokola Duma Radio. Sokola Duma Radio.